0: So, we have an event coming up. We have the pleasure of going. Tell them, tell them, all. We are going to Skyline Church
1: in Harrisonburg, Virginia mm-hmm. on June 4th for a fun-filled Destiny Building.
0: Uh, what's Workshop. The other? Workshop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Friendship be great. Building and Destiny Discovering. There it is. There mm-hmm. it is. Yep, yep, yep.
1: So if you're if you live near around here, be watching for that on our Facebook page, I guess, or you can look up Skyline Church, I'm sure, on mm-hmm. Facebook and there will be information about that, but if you are in the vicinity and you're looking for a little fun before the kids get out of school, a little a little uh a little well-watered day making some vars and figuring out how we can grow community, will come on with us. In fact, if you live in Culpeper, just ride with us. Shoot, let's just, just get in the car with us, y'all. Just come. That would be awesome. I know. That would be so fun. So the fact that we are doing that led us to our discussion today.
0: Mm-hmm. The event is called How Friendship Fosters Community. And so Stacey said, hey, why don't we just talk a little bit about it as we work our way up to it? Mm-hmm. And so I said, that was a great idea. So here we are talking a little bit about community today and the fostering. I love fostering because it means to help something grow or something develop. And so I think that's just a special word. And I think these days in culture, it seems that community is kind of overused It's been butchered. I mean, let's just be real. Butchered. I heard a funny story about community that I'm going to tell for the second time because I loved it because it made me laugh. Okay, well, it looks like it's gone. I quit. (laughs) I don't quit. I remember. Okay, yeah, just tell them. Yeah, so there's this blogger, and he's talking about community, and he said, I think we really need to change the way that we – What what did he say? Like change the definition of it all together. And he said he was shopping for some lettuce and he flipped the lettuce bag over to find the place of origin of the lettuce that caught me off guard. But hey, like, I guess to some people it matters where your lettuce comes from. So he's checking out the origin of this lettuce and it says on the bag, follow us on Facebook, come to our salad community. And he said, What? Like, this salad bag has a community? He said, I think we really need to change the way that we see community. And so it kind of just made me laugh. For one, I sort of want to check out the salad community because I want to know what they're talking about. Like, do they prefer certain lettuce, certain Dressings. Hopefully they're
1: taking a stand against iceberg over there. Something.
0: That's what I
1: would be looking for in a salad community.
0: Yeah, what's? Yeah, I would want to be talking about dressings like oil, vinegar, like what? How are we in Honey mustard, spring mix, organic radicchio. Oh. <laughs> radicchio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what kind of community they have, but it really did kick up as we're talking about friendship a few weeks ago. The Lord was really just saying, hey, Tab, because he talks to me like that. Hey, Tab. Hey, Tab. Hey, Tab. Tab. Prodigio. (laughs) Tabio. (laughs) So he just he put it on my heart that even if there are just two of you, you're still community because community is this place where you are in unity, that you belong to one another. You are actually actively participating with each other in life and in the moment, right? Moment by moment. And so that kind of freed me up a little because I think around Havarland, we're always saying, okay, we want community, of course, but it's so good to know that it can start with two and it can grow from there. Because if you can't have it with two of you, you can't have it with a slew of you. Cat in the hat right there. Right. You can't have it with two of you. You can't have it with a slew of you. And so what I was realizing is a lot of times I think let's just start with the community of two. Right. The little duo. If we come together and it's more about me than the we, then we lose community. Good word, Var. Yeah, so I just wanted to talk about that a little bit today, Var, on our new show. We want to talk about it with you all because we want to have community with you, but we know there are foundational pillars that start with a one-on-one thing that can't grow if you guys are acting like it's all about me and not the we. I I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I love it. I love rhymes. So, do you have any thoughts on that bar?
1: No, because when you start rhyming, I just I feel insignificant. I feel less than. You just If, if I can't talk in rhymes, what good am I? So, I just I shrink into my eye. I, Does it make you want to cry or eat a piece of pie?
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> That makes me want to die. <laughs> no, Bar, come back in. Come okay, back in. Okay, okay.
1: I'm, I'm in it for the we. I'm here. I'm okay. here. I'm connected. I'm in.
0: Good. So there were two things that the Lord put on my heart this week. The first thing I felt like he spoke to my heart was the root of I is isolation. Like every time it's about me, then I isolate myself from another person. Mm-hmm. And then he said the root of we is community, and I love that. When there's I, you're alone, but when there's we, you get everybody. You get that collective. You get that collaboration. You get that belonging. You get that trust and relationship, and I love that. And so let's dive in and talk a little bit about why it can be hard to feel like a we sometimes because you want to jump back into the me. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, just going
1: back to our lettuce friend, mm-hmm.
0: Fran, Franz. I think his name was
1: Fr- Frida. Sabian? No.
0: Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. Sabian Foley? Fabian? Fob- Fabian? Fabian? Ah. He was from somewhere. Mueller. <laughs> he was somewhere from We think Europe. he was German. Yeah, that's yeah. why we can't He was European. There. We love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. We're not good with (laughs) shout-outs. Okay. Alrighty.
1: Okay. So Franz was saying how (laughs) he was talking about community and, and he nails it I mean, in this day and age, we have like I like I so eloquently said we've butchered community mm-hmm. because we're going at it online in these ways that don't foster community at all because we know that community takes connection and to build connection there has to be trust there actually has to have be an exchange of ideas and feelings, but more than that, experiences. And so we're we're kind of lulled into this false sense of community when we think that we can click a button and experience a, a Facebook group, for instance, and think that we're somehow deeply connected into these meaningful relationships. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. And that is what we're talking about
0: today. <laughs> you know, that makes me think how a lot of times it's okay to want to join these virtual communities. And I know the Lord gave you a word on that, which I would definitely want you mm-hmm. to share again. But I find that, you know, it's it's okay to hop into these communities. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think from the beginning, at the start, we sort of go in with the I, me, receive Kind of mentality, like I need something, so I'm going to find this group to help me. Right. And I think that's okay to get there sometimes, but once you're there, we really have to start flowing into what do I have to bring? What do I have to offer? And you move kind of from the I to the we mentality, and you move from not just wanting to receive, but actually being a participant that's willing to serve and give. And so. Yeah. All right. So the Lord had
1: spoken this phrase to me in prayer time. And it was use modern day devices to establish ancient rituals of connection. I'll say that one more time, just because I like the way it sounds. Mm -hmm. Use modern day devices to establish ancient rituals of connection. So though I would love nothing more than to say all that I found in my research. I, I shan't go there right now. And I will narrow it down to just a few. Maybe I'll do a blog or something this week about that. But what I found was in looking up ancient rituals of connection, first and foremost, our womanly ancestors, you know, they did what they had to do, but they knew what was up. You know so they they really experienced life and faith in the context of community. Yeah they, they would, fostered
0: it well because of the lifestyles.
1: Yeah that they, they lived. Yeah they had to. Yeah. You know so they this was a place where they would literally like wash clothes, cook and sing together and discuss matters of family and children. And, you know, throughout, throughout the ages, we have seen where women connected so well. And, but in modern day world, in our civilization, in Western culture, we have lost the art of that. And so in going back to look at ancient rituals of connection, what I really discovered in one, in one, um, stream avenue that I was going down, is that ancient rituals of connection first started, one, connection with God, two, connection with self, three, connection with others, and four, connection with the world. And in a lot of our lives as Christian women, I think we think it's okay to say, I've connected with God I'm good to go. I'm good. Connection with, I've connected with God. He's all I need. I've had my quiet time. I'm ready to face the day. And what we don't realize is there, that there is a ritualistic way that we show up in life to stay connected, productive, and engaged. And these steps are just so simply say it. So, yes, we always connect with God. But that then should lead to connecting with self. So what does, what does our time with God actually reveal about ourselves, our hearts? You know, even David prayed, like, God, reveal any, anything in me, you know, and lead me to the way everlasting. And so we, we want that connection with ourselves. What holds me back? What am I made for? Who do you think I am? But it doesn't stop there because that's where we get stuck in the I. But connection to God and connection to self means that I becomes we, and we then, number three, connect to others. And this friendship way, it's the great converter. It gets us out of God, self, and then it turns us into community. Then I connect with friends. I connect with others. And then as I form meaningful connections with others. You get powerful commissions. That's right. And number four. It sends you out into the world. Then you understand how I connect with the world. And it's a great, great hierarchy that we see. And a lot of times we think that rituals, you know, we, we don't use that word in modern day talk. You know, we have habits, routines, things like that. But the ritualistic lifestyle is actually how we function. I mean, you have the ritual of brushing your teeth. You have the ritual of eating your breakfast at a certain time. So we all engage in these rituals that we're not that conscious of putting verbiage on, but that's what we want to change today. So there are these rituals of life. And if we just go back to the ritual of friendship, it has to be every day. And it shows us how to ritualistically connect with the world. And in that place, we find depth and meaning and fulfillment.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen to that. You know, I was just thinking about those women who, They had so much to do. They didn't have our modern... Wonderful things that help us live life really simply from refrigerators to washing machines to DoorDash. Like they didn't have any of that. And so they worked so hard, I believe, like domestically, that when it came to doing it with others, when they had those breaks away and they could be with other women who understood their life, who, you know, knew the struggle, knew the hardship, knew the happy, it created beautiful connection and community. And they, they loved it. They loved it. It was social. Like they loved that time. And I think we have pulled so far away with modern things that we have lost the art of being social, like truly social, like breaking away and saying, Hey, I understand your hardships. I understand you're happy. Um, I want to be with you. I want to enjoy life with you and talk with you about it. I mean, can you imagine those women drawn together, different ages, different, who knows, just, I I just see them being different ages and they're coming together and they're just talking about just normal life. Like, how do you do this? How do you do that? And I think true discipleship was probably just so cultivated beautifully and nourished in that place. And we need to get back to that. We need to get back to, I can be by myself with. My life that I have built around me, I've built, you know, I've built my pretty living room and I've built my little Netflix area and I've built my little whatever you've built for yourself to sit in by yourself and think that if you sit there with your cell phone, you're connected enough.
1: Yeah, what we've done is built shrines of isolation.
0: We have, and, we're, and we've decorated them.
1: <laughs> yes, we have. Yeah,
0: women went from trying to get out of the house to go meet the women to have a break and be social and really be blessed and be filled, you know, to these places where we think we're totally happy in our decorated man-made tombs of isolation. And so we have to break out, and friendship is the great breaker. The great breaker. It breaks you out of that isolation. And I think the problem is once you find somebody to have this kind of connection with, I think then something has to happen that gets you out of the I mentality because you still take I with you. I take me in with you. So then it's hard to try to say, okay, how do I leave that little place of isolation? Come with you. Bring myself, yet become
1: wheat. Yeah, because <laughs> you tricky. can still sit in your living room as I'm me and you're you.
0: <laughs> yes, you can. And that happens probably most of the time because I think we go towards relationships. We're like, okay, what can you do for me? What, How can you make me feel better? How can, What can you do for me? And so it's more like I said, like going into those groups, more like the isolation. But, or what did I say before? I even forgot what I said about going into those groups. And it's just kind of surface layer. Like, what can I get out of this for me? I have to. And I think as women, there's a sort of protection layer. I think sometimes it's just done out of protection. Like, I just want to keep myself safe. Make sure I'm okay. Make sure you're okay. Like, and so let's not really go too deep. Because then it'll just be a little better. But what I've found is, man, the deeper you go, the better it gets. Yeah. And it goes back to
1: sort of our pillars of community around here, Mm -hmm. which are?
0: There are four of them. The first one is, I want to see your face. You probably see mine more than you want to. I love seeing your face. (laughs) The second thing, and I want to see your face too. The second thing is, I want to hear your voice. The second thing is, I, yes, thank Mm -hmm. you. The third thing is knowing that you are in development that you have been somewhere, you are somewhere right now, and you're going somewhere, and God is meeting you in each of those places. And the fourth thing is, what's the fourth thing? Honor. honor. Yes. We must honor each other, which means we have to protect what God is doing in that person when we're with them and when we're away from them. And so you have those things of community. And so I think even we have this opportunity to even think about the communities that we're a part of and to really ask ourselves this, one, Is my face? Can they see my face? Can they hear my voice? Am I looking at their face? Am I hearing them? Am I honoring them? Are are, uh, or am I seeing that development that's happening? Am I honoring it? Am I honoring it? Yeah. And so, yeah, it's good questions to ask ourselves.
1: It is good questions, and as we connect and become such an online world, I think it's a good time to sit there and, and evaluate what kind of online communities you are in, because if it doesn't have those four things, all it's doing is, is just sitting that you're sitting in whatever you joined it for. And you know, like uh, In my realm where I talk to a lot of women who have been through abusive situations and things like that, they'll join these online communities and they have literally saved their lives. So I am not speaking against this at all. Uh, Literally have given them a community to get strong and, and a lot of them have built meaningful connections out of them. But I think it also stands to reason that if you've been in one, any kind of group online, and you've been sitting in the same reason you joined in the same place in your life and you've been a part of this group for about five years and nothing's changing and nothing's growing and you're not stepping out and your life's just the same as it was when you joined it stands to reason that it's it would be logical to sit there and say have I replaced real community with with false community Have I done that? Have I become complacent? Have have I been okay with just being in my own self uh, behind my computer? Because at the end of the day, when you are participating in these groups, and you think it's filling your lives at the end of the day, you're the only one behind that screen. And no one is really responsible for your growth. No one's honoring it. No one's protecting what the Lord has put inside of you.
0: Mm -hmm. And And it's holding you accountable to growth.
1: Yeah. And there can be some forms of accountability. I mean, I know that people would hear this and go, Hold on a minute. You know, I have found so much meaning in online community. And yes, you can, but it also but also there are women out there who are sitting in these things, saying, "I am connected, and you're not connected. You're not.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think you're you're in community, but you have false connection. Mm-hmm. So which you, means it's not
1: real community. It's not and so, a real but community. It can feel like it. I it can. can, can. Understand. Yeah. And when you're lonely, you got to start somewhere. Maybe that's where you started. But real community is going to foster the. It, How can I say this? Real community is not achieved by an exchange of ideas. It is a shared experience that you share ritualistically over and over and over that creates meaning together. Mm -hmm. And so the best way we know to do this is that one-on-one face-to-face friendship that gets you out of self and into the world. And, and is, your, is
0: your online community doing that for you? Mm-hmm. That's all I would ask. Um, last week we talked about face-to-face in Hebrew being free, intimate communication. Mm-hmm. And trust. Yeah, and I, I love that. And so there was this there is a face-to-face, but that means, is there real genuine communication? Because that's what is going to foster that connection. You can go in there. And are half the time, are we even really getting to the heart of stuff with our speech? I don't even think, I think sometimes we can't even get past, again, that outer layer that won't let us go deeper. You know, we've made some connections with you guys. I was talking earlier about Heather, how She started following us, and she'll... Press the like button, she'll press the love button, she'll interact with us. And that's that surface level. Like there's something that says, Hey, I like you guys. I want to be your friends. Like I want to get a little closer, right? And so in these moments where you feel that attachment to each other, you have this invitation to go deeper. And so we took it. So we FaceTimed with her. We have helped her do some ministry stuff. And I know I just see us one day. Flying back over just to be with her, and so it has to go a step farther and a step farther and a step farther and a step farther, and And that is what advances the kingdom, that is what grows you. And if you're just stuck there eating your salad, but you never go check out this lettuce fields, the bar, the salad bar, yeah. What's the
1: point of
0: life? Yeah, you got to go check out the lettuce fields. Go get back to the point of origin, just like we're getting back to the point of origin. Women were made for community, and we actually, it's in our DNA to actually do social very well. Mm -hmm. And we've lost the art of womanhood. We've lost the art of social, but in holy socialness, you know? And the Lord has been, you know, speaking more on that. That'll come later, just about the things that we give up so we can have community that's healthy and holy. I mean, that's what we want. We want healthy and holy community. And so that's what we're after. Yeah. And so, but I do know that it takes a big old mind shift. And so today is a special day for one of our good friends. Denise Pass from Seeing Deep Ministries. We got to do a women's event with her not too long ago. And she does many things, but one of the top things is author. And she has just released her book today, Make Up Your Mind. And so I asked her to jump on and tell us a little about Community and her new book. You ready to hear it, bars? Oh, yeah.
2: Hey, Tabitha and Stacy, I love you guys. What a great topic you're talking about today. Thank you for inviting me to share briefly about how Make Up Your Mind speaks into this topic and on my book release day. So community is so necessary for our spiritual growth. You know, Paul says in Philippians 2 verses 5 through 8 that in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. A few things about how having the mind of Christ can impact our relationships. One, we see that the mind of Christ was humble in his relationships with others. Two, we see that he was not competitive or comparing with others, even though he was far greater than us. And three, we see that he served others. So often our relationships suffer because we do the opposite in the flesh. We might presume things of others pridefully, assuming that they are thinking things about us, if you've ever done that. Presumption causes strife. We might compete or compare with others as we focus on ourselves rather than on building others up. And we might look to our relationships to fill us rather than looking to serve others. As we all seek to walk in the mind of Christ in this life, unity leads to community. Oftentimes, negative mindsets prevent us from having this mind of Christ. We don't see Jesus worrying about what other people are thinking about him. We don't see Jesus thinking about himself. How often do our communities break down because of this? We can be unforgiving and allow our fear of what others think about us to cause us to break fellowship. We need to be fierce in our devotion to one another and love like Jesus did. Friends, we can make up our mind to walk in the mind of Christ. So Make Up Your Mind is officially released today. Woo-hoo! You guys can join in on the fun where we cover 10 chief negative mindsets in this book and we examine biblical characters and how they interacted with these mindsets in their relationships with one another and with God. And then we see the mind of Christ and how Christ encountered the various mindsets we experience. My friend and counselor, Michelle Niedert, weighed in at the end of each chapter. There's a devotional section I provide and then her counselor's corner to help us with practical tips. So pick up a copy for yourself and a friend to be entered for a free Mind Renewal gift basket. Register at bit.ly slash transformyourmindset. And you will also receive several goodies. So visit Make Up Your Mind today for more information. God bless you guys and go in the mind of Christ. Thanks,
1: Denise. Seeing that she, Denise pass, seeing Deep Ministries, and we'll put a link to her book and mm. all the things Denise Pass, right in our show notes. Or where mm-hmm. will those be? Show They'll notes? be everywhere. Okay, we'll
0: put them in the feed. We'll put them in the show notes. We'll put them everywhere. Okay. Oh yes. Yeah, so yeah, that was good. Yes, I was really. Convicted about the part where she's talking about comparison and you know, wondering what people are thinking about you, and just when all that stuff starts happening in your heart, that it breaks fellowship. Yeah, oh, it's it remi- painful. Yeah, it's so painful. It reminds me of that word, um, Quinonia, where you know, it's like this beautiful community together, fellowship, and active participation. And it makes me think that when you just are coming together and there's not that active. Active participation with one another, where you're like, Hey, I'm for you, I'm with you, we are one. Uh, it's just, it just breaks it all up. And just to know it's all this internal stuff that doesn't even matter, you go so ah, you go so me, you go so into yourself, probably having these thoughts that have nothing to do with them usually. And it just, It breaks you. It breaks Mm -hmm. the yoke, which we love the yoke here. The Havar anointing is yoked and joined together for heavenly tasks. And that is in the spirit of friendship. It's the friendship that fuels that. But if you're breaking fellowship because you can't even come to the table and say, you know, it's, it's me and it's you and we become we together. If you can't even get there, there's nothing after that. And it's pretty sad. So I love how she's like, we have to be fierce. We have to be fierce about our fellowship. And so I want to be fierce about our fellowship. I want to be fierce about our fellowship and to fight for it because we are naturals at it. We're naturals. As women, we're naturals. It's our inheritance to be social, to be in community, to actually form it and foster it, help it grow. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Now she did say another word that sparked a little something. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, she
1: did mention the counselor's corner. Yes, she did. Tell him, tell him, tell him why that's <laughs> so exciting to us. Well, we decided on the show to add a counselor's corner segment in here. So we didn't know what else to call it. So we called it the counselor's corner because we've kind of nicknamed me the counselor around
0: here. (laughs) Give them the whole lawful thing you're supposed to say.
1: Okay, I am not a licensed therapist or counselor. Do not sue me. I am a human services counselor, trained, educated. Um, So we just decided for fun to add a segment in there because I bleed connection. (laughs) I'm the friendship side of this coin.
0: I, I, <laughs> I mean <laughs> You stuck at me in a friend bar. <laughs> I'm out of here. Oh, that's what I get for trying to put it in motion all the time.
1: I you know, I'm the sitter, you're the doer. And together we are we. We yes. are friendship in motion. Is that wrong? Is that wrong? I don't know. What? (laughs) See how good I am at connection. I'm just kidding, but I... I'm just kidding. Read my energy, Bar. (laughs) Read my energy. It's really bad right now. I'm leaving. (laughs) Um, I, I... Var. I'm very interested in interpersonal dynamics, okay? I'm just interested in it. It's what I do. It's what I live for. I I long to be connected to you and and just, just, okay. All right. We're good. So in the counselor's corner today, Mm -hmm. and how we, one tip to how we move from I into we is kind of one thing that also holds us back. So I want to just give you this tip, this idea, is that in our relationships, in our conversations, and in our connections, the word is match their energy, mirror their energy. Okay, I have to give a disclaimer. This does not mean if they're gossiping, you mirror gossip. (laughs) If they're sinning, you mirror sinning. If they're like imagine having a hypochondriac as your best friend. It doesn't mean you mirror hypochondria right I mean just just mm-hmm. hypothetically that wouldn't be in our in our <laughs> situation at all but no but I mean just hypothetically
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I know we've all either been in this situation or have done this like no guilt no shame, but it's just making ourselves aware so have you ever been in a situation where you're really sharing something either serious and the person just responds with like a a laugh, like something, you know, like you're you're thinking, I just shared something really personal and you just laughed. Or you come to them laughing and they just like, hmm. Well, I tell you what, there's not a whole lot of things that'll make you want to say I is better than we (laughs) than somebody like completely unvalidating you. So there's also like, um, let's see. Have you ever like been in a conversation and you can pick up on somebody's like they're either shutting down on you or there's, they start fidgeting. It doesn't mean that what you're saying is, is wrong or somebody else wouldn't be very interested in it engaged, but for whatever reason, that person just can't handle it right there. So in order to, even foster connection then you kind of understand that they're not connecting with you and so you you sort of um my okay the problems with live our phones are going off <laughs> so um so it's just this idea that you take a minute to mirror the energy that's coming Back to you. You want people to feel safe around you, to feel connected, to feel seen and heard and validated, and that is a simple way that we do that is we mirror what's coming at us. So, kind of a funny exa- example from yesterday. I come in to to Tabitha's house, and I'm like, "Well, why don't you tell him what the voice was?"
0: I can't remember the exact words, but you were like, "Var." <laughs> There's something on my heart. Something is bothering me. I don't know if you said bothering, but you were just like Yeah. When you are full of I call you Amy Simple McPherson, mm-hmm. when you get into your dramatics, I usually know that something's going on. But it and sometimes I know, and it's funny because once you learn each other, I know I know the tone of her Amy. And so sometimes I know she's just teasing, but there was actually something that was bothering her. So she was working at the computer, and I come in.
1: Apparently, I turned sort of Spanish, and I have this thing going, you know. So she heard my energy, and she completely I felt your energy. <laughs> stopped what she was doing, turned her chair to me, faced me head on, and I took my chair. And I'm moving it towards her because I want to get as close as I can. She actually turned her body to me to give me her full attention. But she also stuck her leg out on my chair so that I could not get any closer. (laughs) Then later that afternoon, she was telling me, she was praying over me and said, you have a spirit of rejection. Really? I just got it 30 minutes ago. You gave it to me. But anyway, (laughs) And so she turned full body, and she gave me her full attention, and her, she, I was serious, and so her face reflected my seriousness. It helped me validate it, it helped me understand what I was processing, and then it helped me get it out and feel like somebody else was understanding me. And so a lot of that mirroring image, too, is just what I've, just a, a really important skill or key that I've picked up on is that a lot of times when I'm talking to someone, meeting with someone, there can be like a silence. There, There's a difference. You have to learn to read a person's energy. So sometimes the silence will be a pause so that because they're inviting my opinion in or my words or my voice into their situation. And other times there's just a silence because they're processing, they need a little bit more time and a breath and a space to figure out what it is they want to say next. And so I read that energy and some of the most profound moments when I've been talking. To women, sitting with women and teenagers recently, is that if I give them that space, if I read, if I mirror it, their mirror, their image, um, what they're asking me to do is give them space to process. And some of the most profound things in our meetings come after those spaces where I didn't jump in. So that's the word today. Are you mirroring? Are you matching The person that you're engaged in conversation with, are you matching their energy? And just to to conclude, our brains, we know, can spend calories trying to absorb information. And so one thing we can do when we're not matching someone's energy is we actually cause their brains to have to spend more energy, which really invites them only to shut down to conserve. So you're, you're automatically going to go into that calorie saving mode. And how do you do that? You back away and you become I instead of we, but if we can match someone's energy, then we actually give them the energy to keep showing up, to keep being themselves, to keep processing what they're talking about and to keep doing what they're doing. So in matching someone's energy, we're helping them save it. And that's the beauty of this whole thing is that we don't want to be the energy suck. We actually want to be the mirror that reflects what they're saying so that the energy multiplies to actually propel them to do what they're supposed to do. And a lot of times we stifle it because we're just stifling the energy for them to even talk about it. And so by the time it gets around to even doing it, they don't have the energy anymore. So we want to be energy multipliers, not suckers. That is concludes the, mm-hmm. the friendship counseling corner for today. So I hope that helped.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Match their energy.
0: Good job, Barb. I think we should do those counseling corners more often. I think it's good. It's good. Because I need to work on that. I think sometimes I'm a sucker. (laughs) I'd be a big old sucker. You think so? Yeah. Well, I use a lot more words too, so that probably doesn't help. But, yeah, I don't know.
1: It's just something to think about. It is. So this week, as you're going about your week, Here's your your homework, your activation. Pay attention to someone's energy and see if you can mirror it and then see what that does to foster a connection. Because when you do that, it develops trust. And then that person will keep coming back. And the more you prove trust that you're trustworthy over and over, then community is developed. And mm-hmm. this is not a one-way street, though. We all we have to be the one, the good one, the one that's good reading it. And uh, and then we have to also be the one if we're the one talking and the other person's like man I'm getting some bad energy off that person because they're not they're just not interested in what I'm saying shut up
0: <laughs> just
1: just stop talking
0: they're not your person in that moment really you just have to find the right people yeah oh it's so true it's so true and I think it's always to me it's always that step after step after step like. As you're responding to each other, like they said, it, it, it builds that trust and it, it starts building belonging because when you feel validated, when you feel heard, when you feel seen, you are building that connection, right. which means you are building that unity that says, Hey, I'm safe here. I can come to you. You're letting me give and receive all at the same time. Yeah. And it's in that place where we do become a little unit of unity. And it's, it, moves us forward into something bigger, bigger than ourselves because we're adding somebody else. And so it does push us out. And mm-hmm. I love that. And so do Stacy's exercise. I want you to really check on the communities that you are plugged into right now. Make sure you are truly experiencing community and it can start with you, too, by you being the one that says, hey, I'm going to come here. Not only am I going to receive from this place, but I'm going to give. I'm going to serve in this place. I'm going to I'm going to make sure that I make it a we experience. And when you start doing that, watch, watch. The kingdom will fall in that, and it's going to change you because I think we're all after just we're all seeking purpose. We're all seeking to belong. And, you know, when you give yourself away, to people who are going to give themselves away to you, then that's a special place. Yeah. It's where you really get found. And so get found, get found in community by laying your life down and it'll be special. It'll be real. It'll be powerful and it won't just change you. It could change your city and the world. That's why we're here. Amen to that. All right, bars. All right. Well, let us know if
1: you watch the video, uh, if you liked it and what we can do to add more segments that you are interested in. Mm -hmm. And Hey, we wanted to give away one of Denise's books. Mm -hmm. So if you want this book that you heard from Denise Pass at seeing deep ministries message us, we're going to take all of our messages, put them in a pot and draw them at the end of the week. And then we'll send you that
0: free book. That's right. We will Amazon it right to your house. We sure will.
1: I love that. So if let us know feedback on what you thought. If you like the video process, let us know. And then um, if you will, just leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. It helps so much. Mm
0: -hmm. And And share this video. Share this video with your friends. And we will see you next week. All right. Have a good week. Bye. Bye, guys.